0: Hey guys. Okay. I was, um, I was so jazzed when they, they asked me to, you know, come talk about dating because there's literally, there's not a better sport on the planet. No, seriously, are y'all, do y'all, how many of you love dating? One, two, have y'all met? T- Seriously, two people. <laughs> Thank you. Three. I see a hand. Seriously, is it that is it that depressing the whole day? <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, we're gonna go into um we a lot of uh, hopefully a lot of Q and A about that because I want to hear from you, and I think that you've got um, obviously it sounds like um, some at least questions, maybe not so happy feelings about dating. I seriously, I thought it was so much fun. In fact, when my wife got, and I got married, we said the worst thing about this married thing is you can't date anymore. <laughs> we were trying to work out a deal, but it never, never been. Okay. Um, so here, here's what I'm going to do. I, I'm, do I, I'm just going to give you a few kind of things to think about in the beginning um, and tell a story about my journey, um, into talking about dating when i was when i was a little boy i never um sat there and dreamt god one day i'd love to be a dating coach (laughs) you know that um i ended up writing a book um called how to get a date worth keeping and that wasn't my life goal but here's what happened um i was i think i first became aware of this problem i was doing a radio show a call in, and a lady called in, and there there have been a few calls about dating. So I saw about dating, and it was on a Christian uh, talk show. And this lady calls in, and she said, "Well, I can't believe you're you're a Christian and you're talking about dating." And I said, "Why?" And she said, "Because that's not the biblical way to find a spouse." I said, "Oh, there's a biblical way." she says, yes, God always brings the man to the woman. That's what he does. She said, that's the biblical way. I said, well, I don't know. If you want the biblical way, you might go start a war and grab a bunch of them and take them home, or you might (laughs) buy one from her old man, and then you get one thrown in on the side, and There's a lot of biblical stories about how this happens. So don't tell me that's the biblical way. She says, no, I am trusting the Lord to bring me my husband. I said, well, that's a great thing. I do think we need to trust God in life. And she said, she said, my Lord, I don't have to date. My Lord will bring him to me. And I said, well, what does that exactly that mean? She said, I trust God to bring me my husband. And I said, well, do you have to do anything? She said, I'm trusting the Lord. I said, do you have to go outside? <laughs> she said, I'm trusting the Lord. He will bring it. I said, do you, like, you think he's going to bring him to your door? <laughs> Seriously, this is a real call. And she said, I trust the Lord so much that he will choose him and bring him to my door. I said, lady, if you don't want to marry the FedEx guy. <laughs> or Jehovah's Witness, you better go outside. Like, and, and that's the first time I kind of became aware of that there was this theology out there. And I want to start really with a little bit about theology. That is not what the Bible says at all, and that's not the created order. I trusted God for Tori. And I remember Matthew six thirty three, where it says, you know, seek God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And then he's talking about don't worry. And where is this going to come from? Where does this come from? And he said, look at the, the birds of the air. God feeds them. But he doesn't bring the bugs to the nest. They got to get out of the nest and go fly to where the bugs are. And they've also got to be able to fly. And so what we're going to do is take a little bit look at, the reason I entitled the book, and I'll tell you how that came about, how to get a date worth keeping. Because when I started to study this problem, and that's how I I end up being, you know, talking about dating, this would have been in the early thousands. Um, I was out speaking on just stuff that I speak on. And every time I would go talk, it'd be a different city, a different state, two women, three women maybe, would come up afterwards and say, can we ask you a question? Now, I don't know if women always do. They go ask the question together, like they go to the bathroom and then they come ask the question. But it was always like two or three of them. And the question, I and mean, I'm not kidding, city after city, two or three women, mid to late 20s, 30s, mid 30s, they would come up and say, we have a question. I'd say, what? And they'd say, why aren't we dating? i go, I don't know why you're not dating. Do you, do you want to be dating? And they go, yeah, we want to, but it's just not happening, and we're not. And, and so i go, I don't know. It's really it's not my field. Uh, so it happened so many times. I was in Daytona Beach, Florida. It happened again. I said, you know what? I don't know why, but this is a big problem, and I'm going to go study it. And so I took a year, and I put together dating groups all over the country, and I researched the problem. And I found out, yes, there are reasons why people who want to be in a relationship or want to be dating aren't, and that's kind of where the book came from. But one of those, and it was a big one out there, he sent... um, recanted. But somebody wrote a book, I Kissed Dating Goodbye. They went through the Christian world that made dating kind of a poo-poo thing and said that you ought to just wait and let God do this for you. Well, I don't know how many of you got your job that way. I don't know how many of you were lying, lying on your couch, you know, watching ESPN and Vintage came and knocked on your door. You found your church in a different way and everything else in life. So there's a theology of God is involved and God will provide. So I wanted to to start with that. So I'll tell you one more story and then a few points about that. And then what I really want to do is I wanted to open it up. I wanted this to be more of an interactive time. I was doing an event in Cincinnati and this the event team, it'd be like the team here the night before we're all planning and working and and so we're out to dinner, and one of the women said something about, um, you know, they're talking about life and all that. she goes, well, I never thought I'd be doing what I'm doing now at this age. And she was like 32. I said, really, what would you think you'd be doing? She said, well, I thought I'd be married and have kids by now. I said, oh, yeah, well, sometimes it, that happens. She goes, but God hasn't chosen that for me. I said, what? She said, well, I thought I'd be married and have kids by now, but God hasn't chosen that for me. And I said, well, how do you know that God hasn't chosen that for you? Because this got my kind of theology years perked up a little bit. And the other thing was, I knew her pretty well. There's probably some guys that weren't choosing her either. <laughs> <laughs> she had some issues. But she's, she's saying it's God, right? So I'm kind of coming defender of God. You know, he's getting blamed for this. And so I said, what do you mean God? And, and she said, well, that's what the Lord does. He brings, he finds the person you're supposed to marry and he brings that person to you. And I said, I, I believe that, but how do you know he hasn't brought five of them and you don't have the eyes to see? He talks about that a lot. How do you know that he... He's brought five of them and maybe you were behaving in a way because she was a little tough. (laughs) And you kind of chased them away or engaged their better judgment. How do you know that's not that? And she goes, no, the Lord brings. I said, do you want to be in a relationship? She said, yeah. I said, how long has it been since you've had a date? And then you could see the, her whole demeanor change. You could see a little pain. And she said, three years. And I felt for her because there was really no reason for that. I mean, she's, a, she's fun. She's intelligent. She's outgoing. She has so much to offer. And I said, you know what? I will be your dating coach. If you'll agree to this, I'll be your dating coach. And I guarantee you, you'll be dating in six months. She looks at me and she goes, fine. And she's kind of, and I said, but I require total obedience. You have to do everything I tell you. And if you don't, I'm done. She goes, fine. So we start out. So first thing I said was, which is the first idea of the book, the very first thing that I want you to do is I want you to surrender the thought that dating is about marriage. Now, that is the first big paradigm shift that I'm going to suggest to you today because a lot of people, what they're doing is they're, they're on a safari. <laughs> they are. You know, you go to Africa to find the trophy, right? And you're seeing all these great animals, but you're passing them by because you're just looking for the one that's the trophy. Well, what happens is, a lot of times on that search to find the trophy, you're missing a lot of experiences on the way that would get you ready for the trophy, but not only get you ready, but also be able to see the trophy when you finally see them. And a lot of people put so much pressure on dating, being about to find the one that they're not using the process of dating to mature them. And I truly believe, and I've seen this a gazillion times, that God uses the process to teach us what we think we want is maybe not what's good for us. You know, when I do events with with adults on marriage, I say, how many of you married your prom date? Not too many hands go up. Because here's the second point about that. When somebody's looking for the one, another idea in the, in the book and the program is, and I go into great detail about this, is you have got to surrender your type. Now that doesn't mean that you won't end up with your type, but it does mean that you've got to be humble enough before God to think that maybe your type isn't really your type, that that type is built out of some kind of pathology seen this a thousand times I started a woman one time who she had a very kind of dominating father and she didn't really realize it but she was any kind of strength in a man would so turn her off and she was really attracted to very gentle and you know kind of passive ultimately passive men, gentle is good passive is not But she learned by being frustrated so much by being attracted to men that she had to ultimately lead around in life that she had to realize there's some things about how I've constructed my type that aren't that good for me. And we can build types and have triggers and everything. We move away from some or move towards another and there's repetitive dynamics of things that are familiar. So I'm not saying that you won't marry your type in some kind of characteristics, but, or get in a relationship with one. I'm just asking you to surrender it and be open to going out with anyone. And some of you just had a heart attack, right? <laughs> but here's what I mean by that. And I'll go back to the story in a second. That the more experiences you have with a lot of different kinds of people, you are going to learn some things about what you really want and like in a person that you never even knew about before. That you go out on a date and you have a conversation and you find out, gosh, it, it, it's really interesting to go out with a guy that knows the alphabet. <laughs> I've never really thought about that before. And you start to get this bigger picture than maybe your experience has been. Okay, so I want you to give up the idea that you're looking for the one from the beginning, and then the second thing about that is, like I told Lily, and I can call her by name because the, the woman in the book, um, <clears throat> she's actually a dating coach now. Um, I got to do her wedding about a year and a half after that conversation. And she, she, um, she said, all right, so what, what do I have to do? And I said, all right, so here, here's the first thing I want you to do. First of all, you got to give up that you're looking for a husband. I want you to learn how to date. And she said, well, I had not had a date in three years. Where am I going to find one? I said, well, I'm going to help. Here's what I want you to do. Every Friday, I want you to send me a, an email with five names, of five new guys that you have interacted with that week. Five new guys, no recycling old inventory, Five new guys, five new guys, every Friday I want their names, and I want them to have had enough interaction with you to want to ask you out if they so were that crazy, I mean, if they so wanted to. But enough of an interaction. She goes, I haven't had a date in three years. Where am I going to find five in a week? I said, did I say anything about a date? She goes, you just said five names a week. That's all I said, five names. I don't care if you never go out with a five. I just want to know if you can talk to them. Uh, Somebody you don't know. And in a way where that is engaging," she said. "Where am I going to find him?" I said. "I don't care. Starbucks, Seven 11 She said, "I'm not going to go out with anybody. I said, "I didn't go out. So you go out. I just want to see if you can have an interact." So she gets on the program. She starts, you know, sending me the five names. So about week three, it's um, it's late Thursday night. It's probably ten o'clock or so. My phone rings, and it's her. She goes. <laughs> can't breathe, I can't, can't <laughs> breathe. I'm having a panic attack. And I said, you're having a panic attack? She says, yeah, I can't breathe. So I kind of walk her through the panic attack thing and then she gets okay. <laughs> and so I said, What, what is? It? what is going on? She said, well, I'm at this singles like thing at this church. And I only had four names this week, tomorrow's Friday. And there's a book table. So I walked up to the book table and she said, there was this really cute guy there. And so I walk up next to him and and I said, so do you know anything about this book? And she said, yeah, I was just starting a conversation. And so we started talking. She said, I started having a panic attack. I said, well, what were you thinking? She said, I wasn't thinking anything. We were just talking about the book. I said, no, you can't have a panic attack without thinking something. What were you thinking? She said, nothing. I was just thinking about the book. I said, Lily, what were you thinking? She goes, okay, you really wanna know what I am thinking? I said, what? She said, I was talking to him and all I could think about is how big my butt is right now. <laughs> Literally, that's what she said. I said, seriously? Well, tell me about that. I mean, not how big, but tell me about your, your thoughts. And so she starts talking, she said, well, I said, well, tell me about your feelings about your body. And we started talking and I said, do you remember when you first started to feel that way? And she starts telling me about her older brother's who would body shame her and bully her. And she's always had these feelings about her body. And without going into too much you know, depth psychology here, but what, what ended up happening was I put her in a group to go through some stuff about healing her body image. And some of the woundedness that had come vis-a-vis her brothers, which now is transferring to men. And literally, once I started to watch her, when she would get around men, she would kind of morph into a different person. Now, I'm I'm telling you this story because as she got healed in that area, and she started being much more comfortable, much more open, much more engaging, her, you know, she could be great with her friends but when she got around a guy that she was interested in or liked, things began to shut down because there was woundedness there. Now, what happens a lot of times, there are many, I remember she told me, she said, I'm seeing this all over the place. She said, my girlfriend and I went to a, a gathering and we were, we were talking to these guys and she goes, and she's so cool and she's beautiful and all of this and they're, they're they're kind of ignoring her. They're not really talking to her and she said I started to watch her and she's so different around guys than she is with us. And so I tell you that part of this to tell you this that and I'm not blaming anybody for, you know, if your dating life is not working, there's a million different causes. Some of them internal, some of them external, some of them God's sovereignty. I mean, God does play a role in this. He just isn't the only role. But there are a lot of times when things have to be healed on the inside in order to be attracted to the right kind of people, and in order for people to see the real you that may be hiding behind some anxiety and some fear. So, one of the things I would tell you, quick other example. How many of you women have ever had the experience where you start dating a guy and then you're doing something pretty normal, like maybe wanting him to, I don't know, talk? (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe call every now and then or something. But you're making some sort of, you're wanting him to show up in some way. And then he starts to say, well, you're so demanding and so needy and so... I'm feeling controlled. How many of you have ever had that experience? Okay. Well, let me tell you about that guy. This guy come, comes in to, to to see me, and he's, he said, "I got to figure out if I'm going to marry and get, propose to my girlfriend." He said, "But she's she's so controlling." And I said, "Well, what does she do?" And really. He, she wasn't controlling at all. She would just make normal requests that a relationship requires. In fact, I started to say to him, I said, wow, that's, you know, she wanted you to, like, show up one day. <laughs> it's really controlling. I, you know, yeah, I think you ought to break up with her. He said, yeah, she's kind of immature. And I said, yeah, I don't know her, but I know she's not for you. And he said, why? And I said, because, you know, women like, require things from men. I said, I think, I think you ought to get a dog. <laughs> he goes, what? And I said, I said, because seriously, a, a dog, you know, that... and then I thought about it, I said, no, you know, a dog you're gonna have to get up in the middle of the night, sometimes let them out, they're gonna wake you up, you gotta feed them, that's way too controlling. How about a goldfish? That's the perfect one for you, I think. Now, now, the point is, so we start to work with this. And he had a lot of stuff in his head. It didn't have anything to do with the women he dated. It had to do with some stuff and, you know, I don't want to sound too like a psychologist, but he had a very controlling mother in his head that he never had really separated from and he kept his distance to ever feel you know feel like he had any autonomy. So, I'm saying all this, you know, the the lily story about our body, this guy and had he could and, and, and in fact as he worked through that, ultimately this woman came along who was much more assertive and stronger than the ones he had ditched before and he totally fell in love and they got married and they're still married. But he could finally see her as making a request and not like she was controlling. So here's the point. Finding the right relationship or finding any relationship is an internal spiritual growth journey where you're learning more about yourself. God is going to teach you more and more about yourself. But you're also learning more about the outside world. And what you really want and need. And one of the things I wish we had, you know, all day on this, but, but one of the things that, that I would want you to really, 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 especially if you're dating and start to get serious, I want you to really, really look at the issue of trust. If you go back a few weeks, you could see, um, I just released a, a book on trust and I spoke on it at Vintage. Um, a few months back, I think. I want you to think about the five elements in that outline of trust before as you're dating. See, dating is about shopping in some way, but it's also about fun. It's just a great sport. I mean, you get to go out to dinner or in a movie or go to, you know, hiking or something, and it's a human interaction that has a lot of great value to it and one of my rules for Lily is I want you to always be going out with five at a time I want five active cases <laughs> she goes I, I said absolutely look I'm, and I don't mean in a relationship I mean kind of you know a few dates and going out so I go I want you to pick one that stands out in a crowd but it's easy to stand out in a crowd of one and that's what a lot of people do First one comes along, they just, you know, pull in all the lines. (laughs) They caught a fish. And then they instantly are kind of exclusive, or they get kidnapped or whatever, and it takes a while. (laughs) Seriously, it takes a while to break out of that prison. So what I'm a proponent of, is having an active dating life. And remember, if you're not looking for the one, you're not going to have to marry that guy. You're just going to Starbucks. You're just going to lunch. You're just going on a walk. Just have a life that's active. Now, the other thing is, you got to get your numbers up. We went to, I think it was Indianapolis, doing an event, and oh, my gosh, I couldn't believe this. And I I can tell you her name is is Maureen because we actually challenged her. We we used to have a syndicated radio show. It was a daily call-in show across the country. And she was part of that team, and we went to do an event. And um, at the time, she was late 30s. And just so smart, she had been really successful in business, really beautiful, really funny, we all loved her. And so we get in late, the whole team in Indianapolis, our planes are late, we got to have food. The only place open is Hooters, it's like 11 at night. And so we all go to Hooters to get some food. And so she and I are sitting there, and we're just talking, I said, so what's going on, I haven't talked to you in a while, I said, are you dating anybody? She goes, no. I said, why? She said, I don't know. I haven't had a date in like, again, I think she also said three years. I said, Maureen, that's pitiful. She said, what do you mean? I said, that's just ridiculous. you just, you're too, come on. We got to do something about this. She said, I'm open. I said, all right, you're working the program. Okay? I said, but this time I'm going to bring you on the air and interview you each week, and you're gonna have an audience of a few million people holding you accountable. And so we walked through the process. About a year and a half later, John Townsend and I did her wedding. But she did all this on the air. But I'll never forget, when we brought her up on the stage, she had just gotten engaged, and I said, Maureen, when I told you to get your numbers up, and once you, that's easy to do, once you realize you never have to see a bunch of these guys again in your life. Right? Seriously, you're not making any commitments, you're just, you're going for a walk. I said, so she, she joined a service, and, and that, that was one of the ways that she got her numbers up. And then she, you know, started dating, I said, how many dates did you go out on, how many new guys did you go out with through this, the dating service before you found Jeff? She said, I can tell you. And she opens up her phone and she starts scrolling through. Guess how many it was? 61. Get your numbers up. Okay? Um, anyway, so in, in summary, just the con- I know there's a lot. You, know, you can't do a lot in um, a short amount of time. But I think what I want to get across is this. That if you can put dating into, I just want to meet people. I'm not looking to fall in love on this lunch. I'm not going to look for my life partner. I'm going to have a meaningful interaction with a human being where we get to know something about each other and have fun and some laughs and talk about God or physics or something. And that's part of life anyway. But if you start to do that more and more, and you're not, because what happens with singles, they go to work, they see the same six people every day, then they come home, they see their roommate, Saturday they go hiking or biking or run errands, and then Sunday they go to church. Where are you going to get your new numbers? See the traffic patterns. So we have to look at that problem. So that I want you to look at the internal issues that may be having you avoiding, avoiding being assertive in relationships or avoiding being vulnerable or being open, all that kind of stuff like she had to go through. And in my experience, once people begin to work on the outside strategy and the internal issues and they gain experiences... And we see magical things happen. And and I'm not kidding when I when I tell you, I wrote this book. Um, and, and I didn't, I wasn't going to write a book, but I was talking on it one time. And my publisher happened to be in the audience and said, said you have to write this. Um, I, don't, I wish I had counted the numbers. It's got to be in the thousands if, if you include emails. But I know it's in the hundreds when I'm out speaking across the country where... A man and a woman will walk up to the book signing table, hold up their rings and say, the book. They were both reading it and they just started to, because all it does is tell you to do normal human stuff. And a lot of times some churches, the last thing they want singles doing is normal human stuff. (laughs) They just get some weird teaching. So anyway, there's my weird teaching. Feel free to evaluate it.